Welcome back, everybody. Happy 2019, or whenever this is aired, I assume February, March, so St. Patty's Day and Easter and Passover. Little no, little that's... Valentine's Day there. It'll, it'll be near some holiday. It's something. <laughs> where, uh, in, in case you couldn't tell, we're kind of recording all the intros at the same time. We'll uh, try and get a little more on schedule as we get a bit further into the year, but uh, doing these in a cluster now. We should actually merge all the holidays. We've talked about that in the <laughs> yeah. past. Happy every holiday at once. I'm Dave Morrison, sitting across from my humble abode here in Lowell, Massachusetts with... Say it! Dave Lindquist. We got it right this yeah, time. <laughs> Tries. We're getting better that Bravo. that time. Okay, so how is your week going? Uh, my week's going well. Back at work. I had a uh, very minor medical procedure last yeah. week. And kind of uh, bounced back from it. You know, not, nothing major at all. But I had... Uh, mm-hmm. Went under for it. it. Was just like I felt groggy for like two or three days afterward. And I'm finally coming out of it. So man, it's it's That's nice Jose to Cuervo. just like that was feel your like doctor? I have energy again. But uh, I'm not saying it wasn't. Uh, wow. Well. <laughs> But, uh, no, no, feeling good. Uh, you know, good start to the week. Uh, completely forgot there was a long weekend coming up next week, so oh, I'm sort of looking forward to that. But, I love long weekends, yeah. and I love the winter here in New England. I love bone-chilling, sub-zero temperatures. So, so I, I just, I, go ahead. I was gone for the last storm, and uh, we've, we've got a little snow coming, because I was, you know, in we got Florida. some snow coming, actually. I was just told uh, by the school district that i'm a substitute teacher for that class is canceled completely closed or are they just shutting down during the afternoon no i didn't actually listen so it's uh, unfair for me to <laughs> actually so scratch yeah. that but yeah. yeah no no it's probably it's probably uh closing early so it's nice. uh, it, yeah but uh then uh wednesday they're probably gonna shut it down and uh because uh it's uh, new england and we freak out whenever we get <laughs> two inches of snow but it's not like out in the Midwest, and uh, we know that has just passed. But we, if to anybody out there in in Wisconsin or Chicago uh, or Michigan. any of those places, uh, uh, I feel really bad. Uh, it, I can't even imagine. You couldn't even talk. No. That's how bad it was. No, the uh, the worst cold I was I was ever in was you know the polar vortex a few years ago. I was up in sure. Montreal at the time, and oh, I think wow. it was. Uh, negative 17 fahrenheit this this sounded like there were people in like negative 40 degree wind chills i can't i can't even was it actually negative 17 fahrenheit because i know they use a different yeah uh, no it it is celsius up there but my car was picking it up so i did get like the accurate temperature oh wow negative 17 with ours that's insane well but you made it yeah all right and now this is probably so far i don't mean to be biased against all the other guests but this is a special episode for us. We are here to review the Snorks, and the episode is Junior's Fuel Help Rush. And our guest this week is David Duncan Fur from Boston's Independent Radio, one of my good friends, one of our good friends, 92.5 The River. He inadvertently introduced us. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll hear a bit, a bit about it in the episode as we get into it. But uh, yeah, with without uh, Dave, there, uh, your fellow Daves here uh, uh, would not know each other. So uh, that's right. Yeah, this this was a pretty cool one, and uh, the serial he picked. I don't think he'd even had uh, up until that point. Again, you'll hear it in the episode, but he uh, he picked Oreo O's, which man, uh, not to yeah, that spoil, was a last minute thing. Not to spoil things, but uh, I I kind of enjoyed them. Oh, I enjoyed them too. And, I still uh, have some. I uh, I, I recently, still got. Some. Oh no, you have some. That's right. I, I, no, they're, yeah, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> they, ah, they've been. Gone. It's news but, you uh, lose, Morrison. But. Uh, 
I just saw in the store the other day they've released a uh, golden Oreo O's of the uh, golden Oreos. Oh come on! And I was this close to buying it and I haven't grabbed it yet. Oh, so, we gotta start uh, booking people now. Yeah, yeah, we we may have to bring them back in at some point. Yeah, we do. Follow up on that, but, Duncan, uh, if you're listening. Anyway, I love Duncan. He's a, he's a radio brother, and he has fun doing what he does best on the river. 92.5 The River, Boston's Independent Radio, which is a triple-A station. And I'm not talking about the American Automobile Association. <laughs> a lot of people make that same mistake. It's industry talk for people who don't work in broadcasting like I do on the weekends. So it's adult album alternative that's what the acronym acronym stands for it's basically your folk americana brandy carlisle recently won a grammy for i think song of the year that would be what you would consider uh, americana so triple a that's the type of stuff he plays yeah. on 92.5 the river with a little bit of 80s new way for all you uh, people who still like to pogo <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at you linguist <laughs> just just a tad yeah but and I really like the Snorks yeah. episode yeah, that he the, reviewed. The Snorks is uh, a, a, another childhood favorite of mine that was really fun to revisit, uh, especially with some Oreos. So yes, uh, everybody enjoy this one. Have a great whatever. everybody welcome to another episode of the frosted side happy new year i am dave morrison here with dave lindquist hola happy new year and congratulations this is the first episode that we're doing as you are now a married man that is true yeah Woo-hoo. sorry I, as my uh wife, as jess, wife, is, jess is leaving is heading out the door bye jess bye she says bye uh yeah two two weeks ago today uh it's uh I'm wearing a ring other than that, you know, pretty much the same, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, married man, I, uh, I went and just got the, uh, the actual license from Somerville City Hall the other day, and like, oh, it it feels real. We saw that on Instagram, actually, it's, uh, it's official, and you guys are going to a little soiree later on after this taping, which is why uh, we're trying to cram everything into an hour yeah a little christmas party actually followed by up up with uh i got tickets to a screening of uh gremlins 2 later now what so quite the night yeah oh uh, my god so should we get into let's uh, get the, let's the, get the, into the confusingness it. of having uh three daves around the table here oh the daves you know just like kids in the hall all right so uh how do you want to be introduced because we were talking about it this is dave duncan Ver from 92.5 The River, or 92.5 The River, but we call him Duncan, or he goes by Duncan, if you've listened to 92.5 The River here in Boston. He's a radio friend of mine, but we actually met at Simpsons Trivia, where, ironically, Dave Linquist and I met 
Welcome to the Frosted Side, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, bless your heart for coming on down. It's so, so kind of you. Thinking on the way over, how do, how do you reconcile having three dates? And... Yeah, <laughs> a bit of a challenge. Uh, so you're like indirectly responsible for this podcast. Oh, yeah? And I indirectly? Meeting, yeah, yeah, pretty much directly with Dave and I meeting over at uh, the Simpsons Trivia up the street and you hosting it. I was wondering why you were having a D-lister on board. Yeah, oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we met in January 2017 at once in Somerville, where the trivia night is usually held. And uh, Dave and I used just... Used to be held. Used to be held, I should say. Uh, are, are they are they uh, going to reopen once at some point? Because it, it, I, I, it came of at, did. <laughs> it, it's reopened, um, and we did, I think, two... Since they reopened, we did two more there. Um which I haven't been able to make because of my uh, my new job at uh, WHAV. Mind you, 92.5 The River, your studios are up in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Even though you cover Boston, I'm actually next door at 97.9 WHAV. We're neighbors. Yeah, and our building says WHAV on it. It's this old Art Deco building that... It's the old building. ...had WHAV AM back in like the, the 40s and 50s. Oh, and wow. uh, at some point, it became the headquarters of the river... And I guess, you know, this is beautiful Art Deco neon lit sign that says WHAV. And somebody said, well, why don't we change that to WXRV, which is the call letters of the river? Well, we can't because it's a historical landmark oh, yeah. and we can't oh, change yeah. it in any small, slight way. So are they competition? Or are you like, in effect, advertising a competitor on it? Or no. they're, they're not really, you know, I, not, not I mean, quite the overlap there. We've lost the Salvation Army at the bottom of the hill. They have WHAV on and not the river. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Well, we're actually neighbors. We we're we're friends. In radio, you're pretty much a colleague, and uh, you're actually now an unofficial member of the Frosted Side family. And we're gonna get into Snorks. You chose Snorks. I did. Um, I had I loved this show when I was literally like seven years old. Um, I have not watched it in thirty five years. Yeah. Some doing doing some math now yes i'm old um and i just i was kind of curious does this hold up did it have any value at all or was it just that i was a kid into like marine life and like oh it's a show under the water like was it just the precursor to spongebob squarepants or was it was it something else right so uh, I guess my history with this is pretty similar. Like, I remember really liking it. I had, like, a little action figure, uh, in-action figure, you know, might have been, like, a toy from, like, a Happy Meal or something like that. In-action. I love yeah. that. Is yeah. that an actual, like, no, no, known no, term no, in, like, I, the... Uh... I think that's just the Dave original. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to, like, go around Comic-Con. It's like, no, this is an in-action figure. <laughs> it, it does what it's doing right now. Yeah, maybe I should go trademark this. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so I always just thought of it as like, oh, it was like a Smurfs ripoff, right? <laughs> yeah, well, my 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 maybe first conspiracy theory that I ever coined on my own was that uh, Snorks were merely Smurfs that had, uh, you know, returned back to the sea or maybe never evolved to uh, to live on land. And that if you were to yank a Smurf's hat off, you would find a snorkel-like apparatus underneath. Right, and it's a, it's a, one of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons that really doesn't get talked about a lot compared to the Flintstones and Yogi Bear and so on. This was a, a real gem, especially considering the 80s and the episode that you picked really touched on it. capitalism and environmentalism. Maybe it might have gone over our heads watching uh, watching them as, as kids, but as adults, we can appreciate them now, especially with the way of the world and you know what, whatever we see in our feed now. Yeah, and I just remember thinking that 
and I remembered some of the cute puns. Like they would, in several instances, they said, "Hold your seahorses." Right. Um, yeah. If the money point, is clams. I, I always figured sand dollars would be a better match, but they went with clams, and it, it, it kind of works. That's a forties gangster kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome clams, yeah, sir. Uh, so the episode title was uh, Junior's Fuel Fish Kelp Brush, and we were sort of like getting at this uh, before we got on mic here. That that Junior character oh, is like just uh, so so. I, I wrote it down. His uh, so he's kind of like the eighties, you know, prep preppy meets like Gordon Gecko, like excess like money character. Alex P. Keaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex P. Keaton. Exactly. Oh, family ties. So, okay. So so he's a money obsessed character that rude kind of brash is orange and has a giant thing on his head just kind of reminds me of somebody i don't know not to not to get political here anything i mean this was the uh (laughs) get political this was the the golden age of reaganomics i guess he needed to uh to represent all sides in the uh, underwater uh snork universe you could teach high school economics junior yeah you could (laughs) So, but I remember thinking, like, and again, I haven't nice. seen this in, in 35 years. Yeah. And the very beginning of the episodes, they're like, come on, Junior, hurry up. It's like, oh, I remember this character. This character's trouble. Yeah. I actually wanted to get into the theme song because Kim and I, my girlfriend, yes. Kim, we were watching it today and she was just singing along with it because she hadn't hadn't seen it in a while. And just the, the, the theme song itself, we could spend a whole hour we're not going to do that but we <laughs> we could no 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 we're not but we could i mean it's just so catchy come along with the, the snorks, snorks. I, I think that's it it's an earworm it's not necessarily good but like as soon as like you you relayed along the message that we were doing the snorks like this song popped into my head maybe it's just like the repetition but it it, it harkens back to it or like when i heard it i was like this sounds like like it's like the archies or, or like the osmonds yeah. or something that it, they would with a drum machine that it was and a synth like the people who wrote this song, like they probably grew up in the you know late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. This is their music, and like, yeah, this is you know this is airing yeah. in nineteen eighty four, and like, you know, yeah. Rockwell and Ray Parker Jr. and you know, <laughs> um, right. Kaja Gugu were tearing up the charts and ripping but... off uh, Huey Lewis in the news well, for yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting. I didn't do too much digging into the theme song, but being like a Hanna Barbera property like that, it could be you know some of those old you know people writing the jingles to those songs uh-huh. in the like late 60s early 70s uh, i mean i i just got the idea that it was like okay maybe the, they have writers that are a little they're a little bit older yeah and you know it reminded me of that scene in the simpsons when roger myers is chewing <laughs> out the itchy and scratchy writers and you know it's a bunch of older guys right, yeah. in the room and he's like you guys are out of touch with sing fair harvard <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so I touched on it before with, uh, with the Smurfs, but, uh, upon doing a little bit of research for this, they, they actually kind of run sort of parallel to each other. And it's not so much a, a ripoff as, uh, someone, uh, some Belgian guy felt burned by, you know, not acquiring the rights to the Smurfs and tried to make this as like a direct competitor to it. It was less, less of a ripoff and there's more of a like headbutting situation. I, I, I don't have all the names memorized, but, uh. If our uh, listeners want to take a little look into it, there's some little contentious history yeah, Call there. us out on social media if you guys have info, because we don't have everything. Even with Wikipedia, we have all the facts here. Thank you for printing these out again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even with all the rushing and going that you've got you've got later this evening, you still took time to print out <laughs> Oreo, O's, and Snorks. Oh, I 
give it away. We're going to be eating Oreo O's. You chose Oreo O's I, for your cereal later on. Yeah, we'll get into I, that. I did. Uh, I, I've never eaten these before, and I'll explain. Well, I'll nor just, have we. I'll give, yeah, I'll give you the whole story. It's like, why would you pick a cereal you've never eaten? Well, yeah. I'll tell you. Uh, later later okay. on yeah. uh, or you can fast forward no, like probably about 20 no, no, minutes no, no, no. oh come on they, they love the cartoons yes stuff. they do uh so dave you kind of got at the uh i say dave duncan this is, this is, yeah it's tricky you kind of uh morrison you kind of got at the uh environmentalism here um <laughs> i don't know either of you watching it like this like rewatchable rewatchability like this has been a big thing on our previous episodes because some of these things just don't hold up at all and like I found this one entertaining. I was kind of into oh, it while watching it. <laughs> like, yeah, it was it was cute. It was you know not not painfully juvenile. You know some of the the punny humor like, you know survived the uh, ensuing decades. Mm. And it, just the fact that it was able to tie you, they were able to tie in capitalism with a, environmentalism at the same time. I, I touched upon that. Uh, just uh, a second ago at the beginning of this podcast, but it was amazing that for a cartoon, I, I think the writers back in those days, they really gave children, the viewers, uh, a lot of respect that they would understand this. And yet when we watch it as kids, we don't realize and appreciate the message until we get older. Yeah, I mean, maybe you go out, you watch the your cartoons, you go out in the afternoon and you find a whole bunch of pretty flowers and it's like, well, I'm going to pick them all. It's like, no, I'll leave a couple here because like, other people might come along and want to see pretty flowers as well, and maybe they take away something like that from it. I don't. Yeah, no, it, it, exactly. Maybe exactly. I'm giving the children too much credit. <laughs> All right, so the snorks—they're uh, trying to fill up. What, what would you call that uh, that spaceship, gentlemen? They—they're they're trying to fill it, fill up their the the snork ship. What do you call that? Yeah, yeah it was kind of like a. It's a little bigger than a scooter. It's almost like one of those like three-wheeled parking enforcement vehicles, but like underwater. So it you know obviously didn't need three wheels or any amount of wheels. So. And, and they were out of gas. So how are they going to get from point A to point uh, B? The, the gas they used uh, was kelp. Um, Ooh. Uh, yeah, not your uh, not your standard kelp in this episode. Our, our previously mentioned junior, who, if I'm remembering right, is the son of like the governor of the Snorks. So, you know, he's. Kind of your. Uh, is there a senior story, but... that, that they didn't touch upon yeah, in this episode? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 he's some sort of political figure. It would be at the governor, mayor, like local politician. You know, kind of like, like the speech giving. Uh, I vaguely remember his appearance. I think there was a mustache or something. I'd have to do a little bit deeper of a dive. But uh, yeah, he comes across this uh, ruby, you know, red kelp that looks different than. Uh, you know, any other kelp they've, you know, previously used for fuel purposes. And uh... they pull out their book of, of aquatic life. It's not even in the book. Um, there's, there's like a little professor type character yep. who has a lab and a, uh, an undersea computer. Well, they have and, to. Yeah. Um, and it comes he, standard in every 80s cartoon. Yeah. And he confirms that it has these special properties. And the, the whole Snork Village is, is trying to get their hands on this stuff because it you know, makes their vehicles go faster, the, the machines that they use to uh, to, to get their work done. Mm -hmm. And like with Alex P. Keaton and, and, and Gordon Gecko, they want to make money, or at least Junior does. And he's kind of he's kind of a little dick, but at the same time, how could you hate someone so cute? He, he's he's kind of he's kind of a prick, but he is, he's he's a snork. He, he's lovable. Yeah. At the same time, at least that, that's my hot that, take. That friend you love to hate. Yeah. Well, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> So he's got this big thing of kelp, you know, this red kelp that, that nobody's ever seen before. And, and he sets up a little stand to sell it. And the first snort comes along and, and pays four clams for their piece of kelp. 
Well, he realizes there's a line for it. Oh, what so a the, deal. The next person yeah. he charges seven for. And you know what? The guy pays it. Yeah. You know. He kind of keeps escalating from there. I think it's nine for the next. Or he, no, he tries to go up to ten, and ten is too much. So he's like, okay, nine and a half clams, which made me kind of want to see, like, is, is he, like, ripping a clam in half? Yeah, it got, it got up to ten. Then he yeah. brought it back, and he kind of settled on nine and a half was the, uh, was the sweet spot. And then Junior says, simple supply and demand, and people are complaining. All the other snorks are like, what's going on? But uh, it, because it's a good product, it's uh, it's kelp, and uh, people need it. You know what? They'll they'll pay anything. They'll pay an arm and a leg, which kind of uh, sheds light on on people in general. <laughs> Pretty much society. Yeah, and children get their little dose of Adam Smith. <laughs> oh, true. Touche. All right. So the there uh, there's not enough kelp to go around in the the yeah, snorks he, world. He exhausts the supply. Um, I guess doesn't really spend much of an effort trying to locate more. Just decides like this is the be all end all supply. Um, and says, well, okay, well, there's only a little bit left. I'm not going to make very much money selling this. I'm going to just make a ton of maps to this location. And, and sell he sold maps the maps. To it. <laughs> so everybody buys these maps, and then the entire Snork village depends on d- descends on this uh, this location, and they start fighting over the three remaining strands of it. And, and then uh, the... It starts to unravel for them from there. Yeah, yeah pr- pretty quickly. Uh, they all, uh, of course, quickly go back, demand their money back for the maps. And, uh, yeah, the uh, professor character there emerges and uh, lets everyone know that they thought this was a... Uh, Dr. In- Galileo. Dr. Galileo. There we go. Uh, and thought it was a previously extinct uh, form of kelp Dr. that he's Dr. just Seaworthy. rediscovered and has now gone extinct again uh except for not, seeds yeah except for uh daphne shows up with her uh one she's just kept and not used as fuel because it's pretty and uh yeah seeds and the kelp shall be restored i suppose absolutely and junior had to give all the money back of her order of dr galileo seaworthy because you know what if you screw people over then you got to give their money back. He had to refund the money for the maps, and then and the it, greenhouse, and then his profits. He had to like sink his profits into the greenhouse to, to grow more of the stuff. And Be, because uh, the kelp was on public land, I think was the reasoning, yeah. which is yeah, again, you know, kind of a heady concept for the kids who are watching. Isn't this, that but... democratic socialism? Right, yeah, no, like exactly. the community <laughs> decided this is for the common good. And... Moral capitalism. You got to be fair. But uh, it was a good episode. It was, uh, it was 15 a, minutes long. A, a 15 minute, yeah, because they split it into two episodes for the people who've never seen the Snorks. It's actually 15, and then there was another episode after that that I don't think we're going to probably have time to review, but we'll, we'll edit that out. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I liked it, and, and Kim watched it this morning with me, and it was, uh, it was really, really modern. It was current, and that's what I like. A good cartoon that can have a message to this moment that we're living in right now. For me, at least. Yeah, that um, yeah, you, 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 summed, you, summed, <laughs> you summed it up pretty well. Oh. Um, you know, the, you think of these things as like, okay, this is just something to distract a child on Saturday morning while the parents sleep in or, uh, you know, sleep off their hangovers or, you know, get, get you know, housework done. And, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and non-violent, you know, kind of a good message toward the end. My mom would use the Saturday morning cartoon and the subsequent candle pin bowling, which was a very New England thing. As soon as Don Kent, as soon as Saturday morning cartoons were over, ten or eleven a.m. candle pin bowling. Channel five. Yeah, those were those were usually shot at the uh, closest lanes to me growing up. I think in Natick, it was uh, Fairway for a while, and then they moved it somewhere. But well, my mom would decide that this is the time I'm going to mop the floor. You know, the kitchen floor and you can't walk across the kitchen yeah. floor for hours after it's been mopped so yeah. candle pin bowling it came around like 12 noon noonish yeah 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 it was kind of a, a sign of the end of uh the cartoon block here mm. always made me want to go bowling yeah. it did I, and i was you know saturday afternoon i was like dad let's go bowling and a couple of times we got in the car and went and and you get there and every lane's filled oh, yeah. or it's like league night uh, so, so one more thing on these cartoons is, uh, I, I vaguely recognized as the episode was going along a few of the voices, unfortunately, like this episode had a fairly minimal amount of characters, but, uh, going through this cast, like we, uh, we hit upon a lot of people who've shown up in previous shows and, uh, even one sort of voice actor who, uh, yeah, goes back to the Simpsons, uh, Nancy Cartwright in there, who I would not have recognized as a Stephanie voice, like. You didn't recognize that voice? No, it it just did not register to me. I had to look it up afterward and then go back and listen. Oh, that's really weird. Did you pick up on that? No, I picked up on it right away. At first, it sounded familiar. But then I was like, isn't that Lisa Lisa Simpson? Oh, yeah, Nancy Cartwright. Okay, there you go. And uh, I recognized Rob Paulson's voice. Rob Paulson, who, like Harry Shearer, is one of the great um, living voice actors of our time, in my personal opinion. He was was there. Uh, Barry Gordon... Oh, uh, voiced a number of characters over the years. Brian Cummings, Michael Bell. You, know, you really had an all-star studded cast of great voice actors. In, including Frank Welker, who Inclu- I think is Oh, Frank Welker, just everything. Popped up in every, almost every single cartoon. I would say so. Oh, yeah. Now, is that because this was a, a Hanna-Barbera production and the studio just carried some weight? Or I, was I the Snorks know. a project that everybody was itching to I, get on? I think these guys just worked across it every animated show you know a lot lot of these ones we're naming were like could do a lot of different voices like especially like paulson there dave mentioned before and just like they're the go-to voice actors i suppose frank welker rob paulson of course in the 80s it was just a time where uh, these networks and especially these studios would throw shows at the wall to see which ones would stick and i don't think the snorks took off the way it, that they probably thought it, really it lasted did. a bit it lasted about what five seasons about four or five yeah. four or five seasons and now it's kind of forgotten about until until right now, until people tune into this podcast. But back in the days, it was just another um, cartoon that was really caught in the middle of Saturday morning. And unless you're a real nerd, you really don't pay attention like uh, until until it comes up in, in, in a trivia question. Now, do you have like schedules that, that what what else would have run other than the Smurfs? Oh, which was interesting. The, the Smurfs would have been the main anchor yeah. show probably at this point. And they were on the USA Network Cartoon Express. Yeah, yeah, held on and, to a bit later. And I'm and I'm trying to remember what else would have been on because when I think of a lot of the other Ooh, classic cartoons game. that I, you know, all right, Linkwist is like, looking that up. There was like the Disney cartoons, like Gummy Bears and Tailspin. You know, those were separate. I think I don't right. know if they ever ran on Saturday morning. No, they didn't. Gummy, they, Bears, no, Gummy did. Bears ran on because we uh, we uh, had your friend uh, uh, on uh, to do Gummy Bears uh, Top Gum, and uh, it was. Uh, 
it was uh, NBC that I think no, it was ABC that aired Gummy Bears, if I'm not mistaken. And NBC they had uh, the other studios that they had the was it He Man or Shira? And I, I definitely know they had Punky Brewster as one of the cartoons. Oh yeah, Scooby Doo was on, which was another Hanna Barbera. So NBC I think had mostly Hanna Barbera cartoons. Alvin and the Chipmunks, obviously not. Hanna Barbera. I think that was still under the Warner Brothers family, but uh, it was it was mostly Hanna Barbera on NBC, a, uh, CBS, and they they had the uh, Team Wolf, Garfield, Garfield, like that, yeah. and Pee Wee's Playhouse, and uh, CBS Saturday Storybook, I believe. I think that came later, but it, it was I, I you, remember... you, you you knew which network was going to show which cartoon and you know which cartoon belonged to which network you just had a feeling you kind of had that extra sixth sense of this is going to be on nbc if it were on any other network it would probably fail this, this was knowledge that we had in our seven-year-old minds that is well, at least lost. with me but you know i'm 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 an odd character all right what'd you find this is good G- give me a couple seconds uh i remember something called the great space coaster yep i, I know remember very little about it just that it had a cool name oh yeah the, i don't think the show lived i think up family to the guy name. parodied that okay uh so 85 here uh snorks was an early one it was running at 8 a.m opposite uh shirt tails uh which was uh i think a bunch of little woodland creatures with leathers on their shirts uh and super friends which was an hour-long show All the I, super I feel like friends. that's the one i was watching at the time um and then was running the same time as Berenstein Bears. Oh, uh, Snorks was Snorks was actually followed by the Gummy Bears on. Uh, oh, they were on NBC. NBC, yeah. NBC, yeah. That's You're like right. A, that's like a power hour of cuteness yeah. there. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Snorks, Gummy Bears, two hours of Smurfs, Punky Brewster, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Wow. Well, well, there you go. I, I thought it was on ABC for some reason, but that's yeah. uh, why we have Wikipedia. Two hours of Smurfs. Yeah. That and that that maintained for like three years or so. I think eighty five through eighty seven, or no longer than that. Like eighty. Wow. Okay, the Smurfs were popular. And then you had LVI uh, fifty six on Saturday mornings. They would have the syndicated shows, obviously. And, yeah, they would have like the Tom and Jerry and yeah. uh, like Mighty but, Mouse. Uh, you got to spend an entire day on YouTube, which uh, would involve going and through uh, going through and watching all the the, the bumpers and the commercials. Uh, the With Dale Dorman from Kiss Dale One Away. Dale Dorman did the, the uh, voice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I actually, Uncle Dale, yeah. I saw him at an event uh, in, I believe, 2010, and it was tough to watch him because uh, it, it, ALS just ravaged yeah, he passed him. And he away was a, a few years ago. Yeah, it was so sad because he was, he was really just one of the great Boston uh, DJ. So I used to listen to him in the afternoons on Kiss 108, and then be- probably then after probably, that it was Oldies 103. Probably in the 80s and 90s he was on Kiss 108, and then finished his career on Oldies 103. Yeah, and before that I think he might well, have been on WZOU, the old Zoo Cat. He was on. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> Dave, I, Dave is wow. Like, <laughs> I have a record back. from 1968, and yeah. it's from WRKO when WRKO 68 AM was a, a top 40 AM radio station. And it was a classic, you know, full of, you know, incense and peppermints kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. brown eyed girl kind of late sixties pop. And it was a gatefold album and you, you open it up and it had all of the WRKO personalities. Dale Dorman was there. Mm. Um, another one was uh, Shadow Stevens who yeah, did the, uh, I remember that name. Re- replaced Casey Kasem on American Top oh, 40. Right, yes. And here's an interesting thing about Casey Kasem. He is actually, he buried yet? 
Have they sorted that out? Oh, oh right. no. Is his yeah, body that, still in his kids it's are horrible. Like years, yeah. Right? That's a really sad situation. Is well, it the kids that are horrible? I always thought well, the wife. It, I don't know. I, it, I can't. I can't keep up. Uh, but uh, anyway, don't don't quote me on it. But uh, actually, Casey Kasem used to voice the bumpers on NBC. If you go back and uh, look at some of the old commercial really? bumpers on YouTube, yeah, he would voice. Uh, we now return to Scooby Doo. On NBC. Well, what was it? Wasn't he? Casey, Casey. Yeah, he was on Scooby Doo, right? Yeah. Here's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was shaggy, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was. Um, and he also did some Rankin Bass cartoons back in the day. Some what cartoons? Rankin Bass. Arthur Rankin, Jules Bass, Thundercats, uh, Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the okay. Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. I, I never, you, you brought this up a few times, but I never made the connection from like those old, like, I guess you wouldn't call them claymations. It's a different product. So, but, but like all stop those mo- holi- stop, motion, stop motion holiday it's, specials. It's stop motion holiday specials. And, like, and they're these that, dolls. How does that lead to Thundercats? <laughs> well, Ted Wolf, were they? I think he had talked to a bunch of studios, including Hanna-Barbera. It just wasn't in their budget from what I, I've read or heard about online. Rankin-Bass, they, they had just merged with uh, Lorimar. And then Lorimar merged with Telepictures. And then they became this big studio uh, of Saturday morning uh, staple. Uh, with uh, Silverhawks and Thundercats. And I, I think they just, you know, went in Rome, do as the Romans yeah. do. And it was just a matter of convenience that they were going to uh, try, try to branch out. And, and a lot of their, their, their output was was starting to get a little, not darker, but a little more adult. You had uh, the, the, um, the, to- uh, the the Hobbit, I should say, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, uh, Rankin Bass, uh, if anybody remembers that. Oh, the, the like rotoscoped things? That, that was them, yeah, that they was Rankin like, Bass. They did like the 45-minute animated Hobbit. Yeah, they, yeah, that was them. That thing was creepy. That, like, oh. Yeah, it, it, you know what? It creeped me out too, and it's probably why I didn't get into Tolkien until later yeah it was the, um, the movies you know the much you know, later movies then made me go back and read it if somebody had told me when i was 13 like hey the lord of the rings this thing's incredible it's like remember the hobbit i was like really the that hobbit? movie it's like... so they started to branch out into more serious adult themes the last unicorn was really oh the, yeah. yeah that was uh that was rankin bass and then so it was uh, it was par for the course that mm-hmm. they were going to do thundercats and then silver hawks and then tiger sharks and then comic strip um Really, really, really great score. Uh, the uh, Bernard Hopper, who's um, actually, uh, I think, was the Boston Symphony Orchestra director at one point. He, oh, wow. That was uh, the his theme, Thundercats. Yep. At um, the you know, typical 80s air, uh, guitar solo and uh, keyboard and the, um, the orchestra in the background. I mean, that that is really, really, really just meshes well. Like, especially. What, do you, what do you want to hear, guys, tonight? Some Beethoven or Thundercats? Thunder there. Oh, yeah. Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, they don't really take requests at Symphony Hall. Huh? No, they don't. You can shout him as much as you want, but they'll probably uh, just kick you out. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. You, you don't want to. You don't want to do. They, they take themselves very seriously. Wasn't there a but... fight at Symphony Hall like a couple of years ago? Like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I think I heard something about this. Yeah, Wait. like like police had to come. Yeah, like really, yeah. really. Oh wow, I didn't know that uh, that would happen at Symphony Hall. I can't keep up. What would be the what would what would they are they arguing over baroque are they arguing over the the romantic romanticism or I mean what what's what's it was probably the arrangement of the strings I mean people get really no <laughs> it was probably some my guess was that the the Fibonacci sequence uh, is it uh, more pizzicato or less plucking of the strings okay well that, there's, there's that's cer- a thing to go to jail over there's certain etiquette in like the classical music world oh sure that the people who are very into it are super Speaking knowledgeable of, of that 
And then some person who just shows up in Symphony Hall, they get a free ticket or they come with their girlfriend or, you know, they're just kind of curious what it's about. Mm-hmm. Well, they commit some breach of etiquette that, unbeknownst to them, is just like, you know, shocked the entire, you know, well, section. It's like Major League Baseball. Well, here's <laughs> the thing about classical. Rookie breaching a rule. So, so the thing about classical musicians is that they want the complete, utter quiet. Because they look at each other and they, they, they look into each other's eyes because they know who's ready to go and who's ready to really just perform like it's the symphony of their lives. And they want complete and other, utter concentration. So that's why they probably want the audience to focus and keep their voices to a minimum. Literally no talking, no movement, no squeaking of the chair. I saw a couple of weeks ago we went and saw Handel's Messiah. Mm-hmm. And you know it's broken up into a few sections. This is probably not the correct yeah, uh, nomenclature for it. Acts isn't quite um, either. Well, they finish one, and you know, be all the applause and like every cough that had been held in, like the whole audience, <laughs> they'd just been holding it in the entire. You know, it's not an aria, but you know, they just have those those vocal yeah, uh, the, performances. Like you guys mentioned, it, it is a certain etiquette that you need to keep in mind when you go to the BSO or you go see the pops. Actually, I was talking to Kim, uh, and uh, the pops are coming up to the SNHU Arena uh, uh, tomorrow, or, or actually tonight. It's it's Saturday night. Today today's Saturday, right? We're taping this on a Saturday, I think, right? Today, yeah. Uh, the days. Yeah, yeah, we've recorded a lot of these on Sundays in the past, so. Well, no, it's like the days merge into uh, another, and I can't keep up with the days. It all seems like one day it gets dark early, and then it, the sun stays out for about two hours, and uh, in the, you're caught in traffic one way or another. I'm, I'm sure that inconsistent radio schedule doesn't help you either. Inconsistent yeah. uh, su- uh, t- uh, subbing or teaching schedule, I should oh, say. Oh yeah, that too. Oh uh, yeah, we'll get into that uh, on another podcast. But no, uh, uh, is so s- tonight in. Uh, uh, in, in Manchester, I believe the the pops are doing their holiday concert, and my my, my girlfriend was going to take her mom uh, later on. Just, yeah, sweet. That's the arena in Manchester. That's that used to be the Verizon Wireless Arena, and, and now it's SNHU Arena. Yeah, I've, so I've, the New Hampshire University. I've just been calling it the Manchester Arena on the river. Cause... Well, then you would be wrong. Yeah, well, all those names. You just here, here's the thing. It's like, I will edit that out. <laughs> Wait, like unless. I've always felt, and it, you know, going way, way back with with the corporate names of venues, unless somebody is paying me to say it, I'm going to use the colloquial term for it. Oh yeah. Um, sorry, Ernie Bach. Uh, it is still the, the Bach Wa- Center. It, it is still the Wang Theater. Yeah. Um, I, the I still, Wang I still go Center at Bach like five Marina. Ago. Yeah. It, you know. It, now. Was it the Wang Theater at Bach Center, or whatever they're calling it now? Yeah, something like that. It's ridiculous. I don't know if if, if Ernie Bach wants me to say his name on the radio. Come on down. He can he can come on down and and throw some greenbacks. And now a moment with Ernie Bach Jr. What, what, and his kids. What was the movie? Uh, <laughs> Basketball did a good job. Oh, with Trey that and Matt. In yeah. The, in the beginning of everything. Trey Parker, a, Matt Stone. Uh, yep. Preparation H Arena with and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a, yep. a, a blimp that looked like a like a tampon or something along those lines. How does that movie hold up? Uh, I, I saw. Oh, it, does it? Yeah. I saw it. In does the, it really hold up? Well, I saw it in like the dollar bin in the DVDs, and I was like, do, oh, yeah. do, I, do I, I go? For I feel it? like I might have a DVD. I should go dig that up and take a look. Yeah, I feel like it could be really problematic. Watching on TV no. years later, it was absolutely horrible. Yeah. I think it was on Comedy Central, but of course it was the censored version, mm-hmm. so it, you're going to have a lot of that that gold. Uh, cut out, but uh, if uh, imagine what uh, imagine what they cut out if that's what they left in. 
Well, a lot of a lot of those older comedy movies had the sort of benign homophobia oh, aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. That or, like or like blatant if you look at like something like just like we're not we're not gay bashing, but like we're making a joke out of it. We're calling you gay to like you know to to for comedic effect. And I mean that goes God. pretty far. That's like well, mm-hmm. I think Forty Year Old Virgin had a lot of that and that and. Uh... Yeah, oh. which is a pretty good well, movie. Seth Rogen films really had a lot of subtle homophobia, but back in the 80s with movies like Goonies, and uh, Kim and I were just talking about this, uh, her brother, who works on many TV shows uh, and many movies, he brought up the fact that he can't stand the Goonies because he didn't like the subtle homophobia or the not-so-subtle homophobia. Back in the 80s, they, they there were some pretty misogynistic homophobic uh, overtones in, in a lot of these films, a lot of the jokes. Uh, well, half the jokes were misunderstanding the Asian kid. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Movie traps. Uh, was, it, was that the same actor who was in the uh, second Indiana Jones movie? Uh, Short round, equally offensive character. I I'm, I'm, might be they, mixing up child actors. but Yeah, no. Which is interesting because misunderstanding the Asian character, if you remember the show Deadwood. Oh, sure. They, oh, did, yeah. they did that, but they used it as an effect to like... It's like this is how much of an asshole this guy is. Right, like, yeah. they they kind of turn the trope on itself. Right. What are we doing for time? Oh, oh, we're fine. Uh, so so pulling it back to cartoons a bit here, I guess. Uh, Dave Duncan. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we still haven't landed on where go- we're going with names here. Um, so I guess you a, a bit of your background with cartoons. You said it was kind of your mother's way of just distracting you for the morning sort of thing. Yeah, I was. I I come from a family of, of early risers yeah. i i grew out of that as i got older the rest of my family did not they still huh. all wake up at 5 a.m um you know the the old new england you know placing virtue on early rising yep. yeah mm-hmm. a lot of that early to bed early to rise so you know there were cartoons on at like 6 a.m and i i Often the ones that were on really early were the ones that were like finishing their run on television. I remember one called Barba Papa or something, and it was yes. just these like little yeah. blobs. Yeah, yeah. It or was... your 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 really old Gumbies or yeah, Davy and Goliath. I think would occasionally show up around that time. Like some ha- like the Hanna Barbera stuff that was new in 1974. By right. 1986, it was just filling time. Yeah. Um, uh, so, ser- how about cereal to go along with that? Uh, Dave Morrison here sort of tipped me that uh, you never been a sweet, s- sugary cereal guy. Or no, this, I like... I was a very picky eating kid. I ate plain Cheerios. Um, puffed rice was pretty good stuff. Uh, sometimes if we'd be traveling, um, <laughs> they wouldn't always have Cheerios because they might only have puffed rice. They might only have Kellogg's cereals per per se. Um, you know, in that case, it would be plain cornflakes. Um, I were living I, on the edge. I did live dangerously and have a cinnamon toast crunch a few times. Uh, that was that was about that was about as far as I went. I think you mentioned that actually. My sister, in a conversation which on Facebook. Yeah, and I I don't mean to disparage my sister who I love, but but go ahead. She wanted every single whatever sugary cereal had the cutest theme song or cartoon character in it. She wanted Fruity Pebbles or Apple Jacks. Or... Golden Crisp. Well, yeah. I mean, that's where my mind goes when you're saying this. Like, those commercials during these cartoons worked on me. Those characters and stuff was like, oh, I want that. Like, I generally didn't have these because my parents didn't allow it. But, like, this marketing was so effective on me. I'm impressed that Child U was sort of uh, immune to it. I was fully invested in the uh, in the 
hijinks of Lucky the Leprechaun, but it did not make me want to consume his product. Well, here's a go ahead. No, I'm, oh no, I was yeah. going to say because well, you you bring that up. I was going to uh, you bring that up. I I, I was uh, I, well, like I said, I sub. Uh, at, uh, I just started subbing. I'm a substitute teacher in Nashua, and one of the the kids that uh, I was working with yesterday, uh, he can't have. Uh, Lucky Charms with the with the with the marshmallows because that's all he eats. Kind of like me, and some things never change. I would just take apart the mar- the marshmallows and leave the rest of the cereal. So that, I guess this kid that I, I was dealing with, he 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 has a little baggie of uh, the Lucky Charms, but the 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 the, the actual the cereal, but without the the marshmallow, the, the the rice crispy part, not the rice crisp, but the the. So he had picked the marshmallows out and eaten them and was left with just yeah. the cereal part? Yes. Or his mom no, or yeah. dad like sent him to school with only the cereal part? The, so only the was... cereal part, but without the actual marshmallows. You know there's just a parent there who loves those marshmallows. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, here. it's an OCD <laughs> thing, and uh, some things never change. But, but I, I guess because the texture, I would not. Uh, I would only pick at the marshmallows. Same with Count Chocula. I think I mentioned this. We mentioned this yeah. on the first uh, first uh, podcast. It, it really is kind of a texture thing, and uh, a lot of us were picky eaters. The the cute marketing stuff, like you know, whatever tricks the rabbit was up to, you know, the uh, the cookie cop, you know, those the, yep. the, the Captain Crunch, you know, those. I was fully invested in like where their storylines were going. But you know what? If there was anything that was going to sway me um, toward a purchase in the cereal aisle, it was a free prize inside the box. That's what it is. It could have been like, you know, a colored piece of paper, but I would like empty the whole box into a Tupperware. No, we haven't. And and find the colored piece of paper. It's like, yeah, I got it. Do you you have any specific memories of like ones from childhood? Because like I'm picturing like a soggy, I think it was a Captain Crunch villain called a soggy. That was like a blob of like gooey milk. I'm like, I wanted that toy. That sounds was, horrible. Yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> do, do you guys remember there was a, a Boston-centric version of The Onion called The Weekly Week? No. It was, it was a paper that was around in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, and the they had, Weekly Week? The Weekly Week. Mm-hmm. Um, it was do pretty, you remember this? No. It was pretty funny stuff. Either. And they had an article, and it was that Captain Crunch had been, you know, the Geneva Conventions had brought down war crimes charges <laughs> against Captain Crunch oh, wow. for atrocities against the Soggies. Oh, wow. The Soggies? Uh, I'm not he had, remembering that. He, wow. was, he was merely defending his cereal, but he must have, you know, gone nuclear on them or something. And <laughs> well, That's what happens you when know, Captain Crunch will cut the roof off your mouth. He, he was brought into The Hague and, you know, in cups. <laughs> and that's great. Well, it's well-deserved. He earned it. Yeah. And... You know, we haven't heard from the Sagis in a long time. That's like, right. They're in a mass grave uh, south of Sarajevo or something. Will this new fuel work on sea vacuums? Sure. It works on everything. How much? Four clams a stock. What a good prize. Thanks. It is? I'll take a stock, too. Uh, that'll be seven clams. Seven? But she only paid four. Supply and demand. You're still getting a bargain, don't you think? No, but I guess I can't help it. But getting back to the cereal that you picked, Oreo O's. And I had no idea that this was a thing until you mentioned it. And I'm glad that you did, because I am so excited to try this. 
I really am. So, I love Oreos. Go. Yeah, so do you want my story of like yeah, why please. I chose this I'm, I'm going to start pouring them while you're speaking. Oh, you want me to do yeah. it? Oh, you go. No, 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 no. Just go ahead and I'll get us All right, Share your story. So I, I would sometimes eat cereal when I was a kid. You know, I was a Cheerios. Big eater, right? Yeah, I, and I would sit in front of the TV and I would eat them out of the box. Um, pouring them into a bowl and putting milk in it was too much of a production for me because then he had a you know extra milk and a dirty bowl. and they, they, These are things you can't be bothered with when you're half awake early in the morning. Um, I guess, and I'm trying to remember if my parents just stopped being so strict about what I ate as long as I ate something or whether it's not, because it's not like they were offering to make like bacon and eggs and toast mm -hmm. and I was just turning it down. Um, but I remember there was a time when I would eat like a chocolate donut, <laughs> usually chocolate, sometimes a different flavor with just like a glass of milk that graduated to just eating by high school, <laughs> a handful of Hydrox, preferably Hydrox, mm. but if need be Oreo cookies with a big glass of milk. And that was breakfast. Um, I've, I've never been, these are, um, non-milk products so uh, we've got like an actual low-fat milk oh that, that's actually milk huh? a soy milk and an almond milk any preferences um uh, you know i might go with the real okay uh, why not sorry to, i, I listened to your previous episode that you're vegan and oh yeah um and i, I, I thought i would bring milk. it up so that that you didn't have to well i think the people listening at home or in their cars or wherever they are in the world know by now that i am vegan because vegans, we never shut up about our diet, right, folks? So, Am I right? All right. What do we not got here? to uh, not to jump in here as I'm pouring stuff, but uh, like uh, Oreos, a famously vegan product. I feel like it's always the go-to food that's kind of listed when like people are like, "Oh, vegan food's healthy." And you're like, "Yeah, but the Oreos are vegan." Really? Yeah. yeah Oreos no, no are dairy. vegan. Wait, well, actually, that's like my one of my two fun food facts: is Oreos are vegan, and uh, more of it. Not in the UK. More of a Twinkie is mined than grown. I actually believe that only in the U.S. and Canada, I think all of North America, they, they're vegan. But in the U.K., they, they are milk-based. They use milk product. So I, I would, believe. So I would eat this handful yeah. of, or, high, preferably Hydrox, which was always my cookie of choice, but Oreos sometimes, mm -hmm. and call it breakfast. Um, I was just never always that hungry in the morning, right. but... You're going to school and you might not have lunch period until 1 p.m. Some got, grains in there. It's something. not that different than the sugary cereal. Yeah, it's mm. a little bit of sugar to get you going. You know, it fills you up, and you know, milk's got you know protein and whatnot in it. And you know, my mom would always say like, "That's not a breakfast." And sure enough, we went to the store like two weeks later, and Oreo O's was on the That's shelf. It's like, look, see. It's great. So I don't. Um, Let's see I how these it was taste. launched in like '96, '97, something like that. I yeah I don't remember these until there was like a campaign like um like a campaign to bring back Crystal Pepsi or Sur I think Surge Soda was a big one like I guess 1998 I guess this is one of those products that was like there was a big following for and okay. I, I think it went away in 07 came back a year two years ago now or so but, I think uh, Diet Crystal or Crystal Pepsi they just brought back for a limited time yeah uh, the only place you could get it before was on eBay. That, that's a big thing now. I think Ecto Cooler uh, came back with the new Ghostbusters movie for like a couple months last year. Here's the interesting thing about this cereal, and I'm really digging the fact that it's just like dunking an Oreo into milk. It's not too chocolatey. You don't see the chocolatey really getting get into the milk like Cocoa Puffs or Count Chocula. Uh, it, it holds up, and it's not soggy. It's, it's just like the Donut O's, except it's Oreos. 
it's like a Cheerio with like a bit of a chocolate aftertaste. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it complements the milk well, which oh, it really does. Yeah, it's got a little. It's almost got the um, apple jack sort of texture to it. There's something a little more. Um, you know, the, the ones that have been submerged in the milk are beginning to lose their structural integrity. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of going fast. Uh, now they are, yeah. Oh, wow. I can see uh, kind of getting at what you were saying there with, like, eating the cookies or whatever, or, or having cereal dry. Like, I feel like this would almost work better dry as, like, a snack food. That... Well, I picked a Maybe few... Maybe a splash of milk. I picked a few out of the bowl just to eat, you know, with my fingers, like, like I did when I was a kid. I was curious how they were uh, hearing about this product. I was curious how they were going to uh, incorporate the cream filling. Um, for those, like, unaware, I guess it's just little, like, specks of white on the actual, you know, more chocolatey-looking O's here. Uh, apparently, there was another variant of it at one point, I guess, in the uh, early 2000s. Of course, with this name, it was uh, Extreme Cream Taste Oreos, and they actually contained... Uh, Oreo filling flavored marshmallows. So I guess that might sort of replicate the uh, experience of the like cream filling a bit more than these, but uh, I'm digging these. Why I love these. And it was off the market for a while, huh? Yeah, yeah, good decade. I think uh, tw- like they just happened in 2017. Like, yeah. like they just came back. This was I, a fi- go ahead. I didn't. I didn't even notice they were gone. <laughs> Five stars. Yeah, I don't think I've seen you enjoy one as much as this one, Dave. You went through that fast. Wow. Oh, you're done already. Wow. I am done. And the weird thing about it is that I just I, I just like Oreos in general. I haven't eaten them re- recently, but uh, um, uh, I, I love Oreos because they're vegan. And uh, I even like the, the, the birthday cake Oreos because there are so many Oreos that they... Um, that they can't stop, and uh, they probably should. Nabisco, if you're listening, please stop. I don't need to have kettle corn Oreos. You know, kettle what? corn Oreo cereal. No, they really do have. They have red velvet Oreo. They have uh, pina colada Oreo. You know what turned up in my house, and I was very skeptical. Was, these were marshmallow peep Oreos. Did, they did, had you, a, did you ha- try them and have the experience I had with them? They actually <laughs> weren't bad. And coming from a guy who's not really a peep person. Uh, peeps, peeps are for um, are yeah. for are for giving away. So, I believe they were prized at Simpsons Trivia Night. When yes, they were. <laughs> I'm not sure how to be delicate with this, but when that specific Oreo variant uh, was launched, um, it turned up in the news a few times. I may have experienced this. If you have a significant amount of them, they turn your poo neon pink. And it was sort of going viral for a few days there, so... Uh, like, literally yeah, viral. Yeah. Like, something yeah. is in here. Um, man, these... Uh, yeah, I, I was not expecting a lot from these, and I like, keep going back to the bowl and, like, hopping off the microphone here. This is uh, a, a good call, and... Um, yeah, and when, the, when this product appeared on the shelf, I, I immediately thought, like... There are other people out there like me who just want to eat a handful of Oreos the first thing in the morning and and call it breakfast. So I think this might have grown since the re-release. I was um, walking down a um, grocery store or Target cereal aisle, as I do quite often these days, and saw um, both Chips Ahoy cookies, which, I mean, I guess is, you know, your attempt to, like, kind of get at cookie crisp or whatever. But they also have... um, 
another butter cereal oh, yeah. and chips ahoy cereal and uh, I, yeah the cookies i could not do nut or butter obviously no. i have a nut allergy and i'm not just talking about the people that i work with that, you know that joke is so old i wow. probably need to wow. stop but yeah nut or butter nut or butter is something that i would not be able to eat because i i do have a peanut allergy among other uh other problems with, with my uh, autoimmune system but even if i didn't nut or butter cereal that just that that sounds wrong that there's nothing right that that or i i could not be a, attempted to try anything like that nut or butter nut or butter is on principle alone but nut or butter cereal that's just insanity there was a lot of cereal. i can't even wrap my head around that there's a lot of cereal in the aisle it's it's gone very health food there's Oh yeah. There were a lot fewer cute cartoon characters on the boxes, and a lot more Kashi Special K yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I think I think you see the two extremes. You see those, and then the most junk foodie thing ever. You like your uh, your corn pops and golden crisps and things like that seem to be the ones that are dropping off. Those like in between, you like. Yeah, it's sugary, but it's, you know, not flavored like an ice cream sundae or whatever. Well, I think the reason that they took a lot of these cartoon characters off of the cereal boxes was because the kids were getting uh, diabetes and obese, and they figured, well, why don't we just take the damn cartoon character off the box instead of the parents actually getting their kids to go out and play <laughs> for an hour a day, 60 minutes. So let's just blame it on uh, the Golden Crisp Bear. Let's not blame it on on parenting. Like he's Joe Camel. Yeah, or giving giving the kids whatever they want without saying no or stepping in. That's what they did with Ronald McDonald. He's gone. A little off topic, but that's yeah, really yeah he's is gone. It, is he officially uh, retired? I, I think so. Yeah, no, I think they got rid of uh, all the Happy Meal characters. So no no Griffiths, no uh, no Lucky Stars in it's the sky okay. this holiday season. Yeah, they they had a whole that they had that was a whole McDonald Land family. Mayor McCheese and Mayor the McCheese, burglar. Yeah. Oh yeah, those went deep. Do you remember uh, the really old school uh, McDonald's playground equipment with those yep. characters? There was one. It the was, jail. Uh, yeah, the jail. It was uh, like Officer Burger Face, or you know whatever his name is. But like, it was this structure you would climb up into, and kids would be sitting around it in like a prison. I remember like. Not only being burned by the metal of that, but like not being able to get out because there were too many kids in it, and just like the most claustrophobic feeling of my childhood is at one of those McDonald's playground structures. Now, are those still around in like suburban McDonald's that haven't been renovated? In well, a I while? think there's one in Maynard that still has the the playground. I, I don't know if there's any other that still exist. I know McDonald's in Westford, they built that around 1995. I'm from Westford, and uh, that was a big to-do because the town didn't want it. Now it's there, and I don't even go there anymore. But they had a play, play, play place, play place, bleh, play place, and it was indoors, but it wasn't It wasn't built up where they had the, the little slides or the jail where you would go in. It's. It, 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 I, I think they did away with a lot of those now because they're redesigning just about every McDonald's. You go buy one on the road, and you see them putting uh putting up new uh, drywall and uh the, the a new roof and everything and redesigning the, the the arches to make it more postmodern i just remember my hometown Derry, new hampshire put it up got a burger king in the uh probably in the early 90s that had a massive playground and kids club era yeah and it was it was right off the highway so it, i i think it was kind of soliciting like field trip uh school buses oh, and things interesting yeah 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I bet there's an aftermarket for all those. Like, there, uh, there's certainly McDonald's collectors out there. Oh, you know like, what? Like, I'd almost kind of want one of those ridiculous, bur- you know, burger. Yeah, jails. if you like, go to like a like a Brimfield Antiques Market, oh, you might sure. not see the giant burger jail, but no. you'll see some sort of McDonald's playground apparatus. The Burger King uh, the, in Westford, when they built that in the early '90s, now I think it's a Chipotle. <laughs> For now, with a playground, that would be pretty good. Uh, Chipotle, yeah, the the playground is the 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 the, the bathrooms, but that's uh, <laughs> is there just the machine, the stand you stand by it says guacamole's extra, and you just keep pumping money in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but back in the '90s, they had uh, at Burger King, it was an indoor a slide and ball pit, and uh, when I was in Boy Scouts, not by Sad my own balls. choice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you? But yeah, uh, we used to have our Boy Scout uh, 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 sales there and uh they they actually served all the the, the people uh, popcorn at the 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 westford valley marketplace burger king for many years they used to have yeah they actually had oh, really? wait staff i i've never seen this at any major fast food chain ever let alone burger wow. king but they used to actually serve you and um, this was back in the early to, to mid-90s. Uh, yeah, when I was in Boy Scouts, we used to have uh, ch- uh, drives over there. We used to sell, and then they would serve popcorn, and they would serve us food. And I didn't like Burger King because they had sesame seeds on their burgers, unlike Mc- McDonald's. And now I'm totally indifferent because you know, I was sesame that, seeds. I was that picky of a kid growing up that, like, I want to say it was McDonald's, like, toasted the burger buns. Which made oh, yeah. them a little crunchy. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes and like just that, you you talked about textural differences in a previous podcast, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, just any slight change in in texture, oh, just threw it out the window for for a picky kid. So so were you guys both? This was certainly me for a while. Uh, plain hamburger, yes. maybe just ketchup yes. on it. <laughs> yes, like yes, yes. Uh, absolutely not with the ketchup. Really um, not. I, t- turns out I have a, a, an intolerance to tomato-related products. But really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I, I have always heard that one before. I was, always thought ketchup was vile, and if huh. it touched my food, I would lose my shit. Was it an allergy, or was it just my maybe an OCD type of thing? Um, and I don't mean OCD as an insult. No, I... I I was such a picky eating kid that my mom took me to one of those nutritionists where they like yeah. prick your arm fifty times uh, to like figure, figure out oh what's this kid allergic to like well, what's the problem analogous yeah and um, and it turns out I have a not quite not an allergy the way that like you would you mentioned nuts that you like probably, a medical alert bracelet yeah um, no it's just like cer- certain foods punch and and kick their way through my digestive system huh. and it's uh, an experience I did you rather, outgrow it uh, no. Oh. Uh, still got it. I, I don't eat anything with tomatoes. Uh, ah, and not not ketchup, not tomato sauce, not salsa, mm-hmm. not sun-dried oh, wow. tomatoes. That's really tough. So is that, what would, did that extend to, was it eggplant, is it nightshades or something? Is that, is that? You know, I've eaten eggplant yeah. and generally been okay, no so. It, that pretty much eliminates um, all of the Italian restaurants. Yeah. Um, actually, I love Italian. I'm married to a, a part Italian oh. person. I love Italian food. Um, <laughs> it's it's just a, a suburban American way of thinking that like Italian food equals tomatoes. Uh, yeah. There's you know, just wrapping everything up. Uh, 
I'm a fan of this pairing. I like, love while it. Watch, watching the Snorks and eating a bowl of the Oreo cereal, like, I can completely see doing that as a kid if the two existed at the same time and, like, walking out of the room jittering from all the sugar in these. One of these things uh, does better when it's submerged than the other, but <laughs> uh, that is the case with all... you. Now, you've eaten a number of cereals. Um, mm. Have you found a cereal that, that, that holds its own against the milk? I that, think that this one. That doesn't fall uh, apart yeah. or... or I say this one. No, this one was starting to go there. Uh-oh. I mean, it's the flavor combination is good, but when the when the O's would get saturated with milk, um, they would also um, take the temperature of the milk. So you're eating these cold, soggy things. Um, yeah, it uh, didn't have the same appeal as like a little bit of crunch with like you know right, a little bit right. of milk to wash it down. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, I, I think uh, out of the stuff we look, looked at, like, Frosted Weed is the worst for that, because it, it just, like, acts like a sponge. This Didn't, fro- you, say, didn't you say that, like, the, the, the part of the wheat that was protected by the yes. frost yes. actually held up okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, so that it retained some yeah, crunch? Yeah, they're right. definitely preferable to just the straight-up wheats, and, like, not even because of the frosting, but because you get that extra, you know, two-texture sort of thing, but, yeah, they were essentially a sponge, but, uh... No, I'm trying to think if anything's held up much better than this. Like, well, unfortunately, this is there was the the, the 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 pumpkin spice. The the not was it the checks or was it the um the it, oh the uh, <laughs> we had a uh, a uh, holiday ghost themed Captain Crunch that didn't didn't soak anything in, but it was probably the uh, chemicals that turned the milk green. Oh yeah, no, that was really disgusting. <laughs> was no, but I'm talking about the actual pumpkin spice. The uh, the Oh, the life. Yeah, cereal? the life cereal. That was that, was that held up really, really well, and it tasted like wicker furniture with a little <laughs> bit of cinnamon and nutmeg. But I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's very New Englandy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll just have some, some hard tack here. I know. <laughs> we'll keep that in. Uh. So, uh, yeah, I guess in, in Duncan, Dave... Uh, Dave Duncan. Any, uh, Dave Duncan Burr. Any, uh, Call him Duncan, 92.5 yeah. The River. You, any, why don't you promote your show? Yeah, why yeah, don't you promote your blogs. shift? When are you going to be on? When am I going to be on? Right uh, now. I'm usually on Saturday mornings, 10 to 3 in the afternoon. Uh, right. And then Sundays, 5 to 10. And then when the other DJs get sick or take vacation time. So we're Why both- don't I promote my show on Facebook? Why don't you? Pro- you can promote it here. I I I do promote my show on yeah. I, well, you you don't. I I don't see it enough. You, you we're we're usually going back and forth about what's going on in the world and. Uh, yeah, I guess you're you're better at uh, making the world aware of WHAV, which to be <laughs> honest, I wasn't really aware of before you started working there. Somebody had to tell you. Somebody somebody yeah. had to somebody it, and it was me. But yeah, no, we've uh, really increased our social media and, output. But it's your show that you're promoting. So what do you got? So, so we, got, we got that, and, uh, and then, then Simpsons Trivia Night will be back um, at a date and venue TBD. Still sort of sorting that out. Um, just trying to decide if we want to find a new permanent home for it or mm-hmm. sort of rotate it around. Um, you know, I know, like, you come down from New Hampshire. Uh, Lowell, actually. Lowell uh, for but this. But sometimes New Hampshire if I'm up in Merrimack. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's people that come from the South Shore. Yeah, and family coming up from Quincy for that, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, and then, and then there's people that walk down the street yeah. in Somerville. Dude, and, dude. <laughs> and parking around here is just is so savage. It really is. It's, it's insane, especially on the weekends, and yeah. there aren't enough passes guest passes to go around so there you do have a facebook page up for that if people want to follow it yep you know? facebook.com slash simpsons trivia night 
Uh, we're on uh, Instagram, Simpsons underscore trivia underscore night. And uh, just before we let you go, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you sort of launched that and put it together and got it all, like, up and running? Like, I'd seen some, like, Simpsons-fied versions of other, you know, local trivia nights where they do, like, one-offs here and there. But, like, for anyone who hasn't been to his trivia night, like, it's it's a real production. You're getting, you know, bits of episodes. You've got a whole auction. With Great other prizes. And stuff like this is more involved than other trivia nights. Yeah, which is funny because when we pitch it to venues, they're like, bar trivia, that's not really what we're about. And no. then I have to explain that we have this whole AV part of it, you know, that we you know show episodes we have picture rounds you know we'll you know show like you know simpsons youtube memes and stuff like in between the rounds um we've got music playlists of all songs that have appeared in the simpsons um which i i think i I forced jackie to take convoy out of the playlist because (laughs) every, every time it got quiet and like people were actually like paying attention to the music like convoy would come on and like Yes, and, it's in The Simpsons. And, but, I, would say, and I would be but, the one to say, hey, good looking. We'll be back with some more loving right after this. <laughs> but it's, it's a terrible song, and I think we did finally take it out of the Because we playlist. got rocking. I won't do that. Convoy. Well, so I guess my big thing is like that, that auction you insert in there. That, there's some fun there. <laughs> yeah, so the auctions are, you know, so, you know, even on a light turnout, you know, we get, you know, have 75, 80 people there, and, you know, sometimes it's quite a bit more. You know, there's anywhere from 15 to, I think we've had as many as 30 teams. Uh, So when a round ends, we're getting 15 to 30 answer sheets brought up to us. It takes a while to, you know, tally them all up. Um, You know, even I do it. And then uh, uh, my friend Chloe, um, Jackie's best friend, uh, helps with the scorekeeping. Mm -hmm. With two people doing that, it takes about 10 minutes to grade all the answer sheets and record the scores sure um we need to fill some time uh my wife is very crafty um she has like a theater and arts background so she makes and you know a lot of these are handmade items some of them are you know quote-unquote found art items you know things that we find at flea markets and yard sales and you know ebay and whatnot and and we auction them off you know for a couple of bucks and uh, a big seller for us was the uh, Welcome Thrill Ho mats. Yeah. Oh, there are, you, you did that a few times, right? Yeah, you know, I th- we had the first one, and this is the only Welcome Thrill Ho mat in the entire world, and then they had the next one. Like, this is <laughs> one of two in the entire world. Now I think we're up to, like, one of 11. So uh, he- hearing uh, you were booked as our guest, they did a quick run-through of my house. I have four different auction items scattered around here. As, as you can see coming in, I've got the, uh, I think it was Gordy Howe, uh, All My Love, Woodrow. Yeah. Uh, I looked over on my bar buried away somewhere in there is the uh, Ken Griffey Jr.'s yep. nerve brain tonic. and nerve tonic. tonic. You I got for- the nerve tonic. I forget what exactly is in it. Uh, the, it was like I, think a it's, I think it's something. a simple syrup. Yeah. And uh, Homer's uh, Homer's version of um, Wonder Bat from The Natural. Yep. Is it also named the same? That, that's in this house? Baseball, yeah, yeah. Yep. Got that in the other room. And then a... Uh, Catnip filled, I think. Oh, that's uh, itch, that's itchy, itchy the mouse itchy, from Itchy Scratchy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely obsessed with. You so, look like you yeah. have something so, uh, to say. Hopefully that shows we've. Uh, we've, um, we've yes, I certainly me. do. We've contributed I've got to your to go now. My whole planet, planet needs me. No. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I actually won something. This is the only thing I won. Uh, a Cory pin. 
you've reached the Corey hotline. <laughs> what rhymes with Corey? Allegory. <laughs> So oh. Simpsons trivia, yeah. Simpsons trivia night. There was That's a, a Cory pin, yeah. There was a group that did one at Common Ground in Alston. Probably, yes, I remember yeah. that. Probably in like two thousand one yeah, or two thousand two or something. My friend Tim Hoover might have briefly hosted that at one point, actually. And I would go, and as I, long as they fix the facade. Yeah, oh the facade of that building collapsed. I feel really bad. I'm glad nobody got. Yeah, somebody. I'm was, glad no. I'm glad nobody were, were was killed. But somebody I, I was hospitalized, bad. but it could have yeah. been much worse. It could have been much worse. Let's let's be grateful for that. Uh, there's often a, a long line of people waiting to get in to like their DJ nights. Oh yeah, or... '90s night. My so-called '90s night. I remember I those back in yeah, See, ten that, years ago. I remember that being a thing. Yeah, I think and it like, still goes on. Though. Oh yeah. I, I went once and it was like all the '90s music. They played like Sublime and TLC and oh. like all the '90s music. I didn't want to hear. Um, I still don't they, want to hear that. They did have Love Night, which was their 80s night on Thursdays oh, for a long yeah. time, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, this is all the slow, slow jam ballads. Like, um, there was there was some slow, but it was a lot of mostly new wave, and then like a little bit of hair metal and Madonna and like fun. So a lot of so it was a mix of Jerry Coral meets uh, Debonair, Spandau Ballet, Ballet. Like like you'd hear deep new wave cuts. But, like, at the more hipper New Wave nights, like, they would never play you, like, a foreigner slow song. They would, they would play something like something. Icicle Works, um, you know, that uh, we are, we are, oh, we wow. are. Yeah. So it was a great mix of musically knowledgeable, but also, like, it's like, yeah, well, well this is this is 80s music. Yeah. We all have our guilty pleasures, and we're not going to hide from it. So you'd go to the uh, the Simpsons Trivia Nights, this common ground venue was hosting occasionally? Yeah, and I could usually not get anybody to go with me, so I would go by myself. And I was usually me versus, a, like, a team of six would always win. I won second place, like, four or five times, um, which was a Simpsons figurine and a common ground t-shirt. So at one point I had, like, six common ground t-shirts. Uh, they stopped doing it. Um, a friend of mine was the, the folks who ran New England Comics were involved in, oh, in yeah. producing oh, wow. it, and an old friend of mine worked at New England Comics at the time. So I had already written up trivia questions for them to use. Um, New England so Comics, I, birthplace of the Tick, I think. Yeah, I had a um, a an already ready list of Simpsons trivia questions, mm. and yeah, sometime in, we started it in fifteen. 14 or 15 at, 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 that at, venue, at, at once, once yeah. yeah and i think i was just seeing that like on simpsons groups on facebook you know i subscribed to a few of the simpsons yeah. quotes mm. groups and stuff and seeing that people were doing simpsons trivia nights in other cities and they seemed to be successful I said eh, what the hell let's let's you know i, I think i had just done like a record fair at, at once and yeah. so i talked to the the owner there and who was kind of overseeing the the booking at that point? They were just yeah. getting started as a venue, and they're like, "Yeah, let's try it." And you know, we we had three good years there, and then yeah, that's a good run. <laughs> I, I, they said they wanted to more focus on doing live shows. Um, see, our event was free. Yeah. I is it, it was yeah. That's yeah. gonna be tricky for a place that doesn't yeah. really do food too. So yeah, they, they, so they, had, they weren't selling. And people were bringing. Uh, they uh, they would get pizzas, and uh, the only thing I think. They were selling at trivia night. Uh, were, were, was beer and we yeah, just like tacos at one point early yeah, on, and that didn't work. They had a full menu, and then they scaled it back to tacos, and then there were no more tacos. And I think it was just like, yeah, we're bringing you a room full of people on a Tuesday night, but 
they weren't making enough money off our crowd. So. Right. And I and I I don't know if, if you guys have ever I know maybe you you obviously been to some shows at once I don't know if you have uh, Dave Linquist but uh, I, I was at a metal show it was Revocation which is a great metal band here in the Boston area and you know, that those types of shows bring in money but I'm there and I'm thinking to myself I expect to see both of you guys that's what I was expecting I mean, where's Dave Linquist <laughs> yeah. Where, where's that's where's Duncan that's spot, what yeah. uh, that's my habitat right like. that's exactly that's what I was thinking like the show was great but I'm like it felt really weird and you forget that it's actually a concert I mean, hall <laughs> I'm, I'm basically hundreds of feet away as it is right but, yeah but well, so, so we will pop up in the, in the new year um, I mean I've talked to a couple of couple of maybe want to do it at a brewery oh that would be really great you could do it up in salem salem i've I've got an idea for a spot for you we'll talk off off air as far as a brewery nearby but there are quite a few there's one down the street yeah 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 that that one probably be too small but uh yeah yeah, winter hill i think they did an office trivia night that absolutely exploded and got like yeah, they 5,000 RSVPs to (laughs) yeah they had to i think they had to sell tickets for like 20 dollars a piece and Anyway, well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming. Oh, like, great, great choices. Yeah, this yeah, was awesome. yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I listened to the episode driving home uh, in the car the other day, and it sounded like a lot of fun. And... We'll, we'll send our regards to John, who was also a great guest. And, yeah, that was good. That was fun. Yeah, they were listening. They were talking about the um, was it the Men in Black cartoon? Mm. Yeah, that made me feel old. It like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, it's 1997, I, and I'm a kid. Yeah, it's like. I was in college yeah. in 1997. Well, yeah. you were. I mean, he he was like 17 or so something when he was watching it. So. I was 13. Oh, okay. I'm the baby. But, now, yeah. for like kids, what was the last cart like kids cartoon that you held on to? For like, me, like you stopped oh, watching that's, cartoons. That's interesting. You want to go I, first? Uh, so that's a tricky one because my little brother's seven years younger than me. So like I was a generation too old for it, and but didn't like it. But he'd be watching things like Power Rangers, and I was aware of that. Or, like, I guess Pokemon's kind of a cutoff. I was definitely... I mean, I was too old for those things, but Pokemon is one, like, I was not watching at all. That was, you know, high school. What would would have been before that? I guess Animaniacs, maybe? Animaniacs. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that might have been the cutoff. Jackie's a little bit younger than me, like, just by a couple of years, and she she remembered the whole Animaniacs theme song. I remember it being a thing Mm -hmm. that, like, I just was not on my radar. Well, uh, for me, it was uh, when I was 10 years old, Sonic the Hedgehog on ABC Saturday morning. It was the second incarnation of Sonic and Tails. And uh, after that, uh, I, I went a few years without watching anything Saturday morning. Pretty much stuck to Nickelodeon, Doug, Rugrats, ah, Real Monsters, and Hey Arnold. Didn't really get into Hey Arnold too much. Then I watched uh, Disney's Recess on ABC Saturday morning. Yeah, this fall, is all right. Followed by the uh, reincarnation of Doug, which uh, I, I watched in the beginning, but it was just... It just didn't have the feel of the original on Nickelodeon. It was very weird to see him first off on Saturday morning when Disney and ABC took over and tried to revive this series. They were trying too hard to make it seem like it was relating to the teenagers of of the, the late 90s and dealing with issues because yeah. Doug on Nickelodeon never really did that. You could still watch... Uh, those types of shows uh, on, on on Sunday nights, uh, and, and you could actually appreciate the fact that they were just for kids. But they tried too hard to get into the the the, the preteen issues, the, the the issues of uh, peer pressure and alcohol and drugs and sex and all that. Like, I come mean, on, guys, this isn't Degrassi. Right. Yeah, no, that. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's funny because like, okay, yeah, that's my line. Like, 
I remember that original batch of Nicktoons and watching some of those. Your, you know, Ren and Stimpy. What else was on? Rugrats and what was the third one? There were, you it know, was the, Ah Real Monsters, and, Doug, and then Doug, there was no, Rocco's no, Modern Life, uh, and then maybe Rocco's Modern Life. Ah Real Monsters was path of that, but then when you mentioned Doug switching channels, I'm like, okay, yeah, my line's got to be somewhere like. 93 and they changed like the theme to it they really should have called it something else it's yeah. kind of like when they brought family guy back and i know i'm probably going to get a lot of hate but when family guy was on for the first three seasons it was a totally different show than when they revived it back in 2005 because they they really changed the character uh, uh, uh you know uh, not subplot but the character analysis uh same with doug it, it was it was really it was really too bad because it's the same characters it's just different personalities yeah. and that's really and that's a really hard thing to do because if you get into a series and then it switches to another network and then they bring it back now you got to get everybody used to it and you better hope that new fans come along and see it just as a brand new brand new show as opposed to uh, the hanger oners trying to get used to what they appreciated before because if you're trying to bring a series back you're not going to get what you wanted uh, you know, in terms of comedy, you're not going to get the same show, and that, and you know, that's just that's how that's how a show. Be I feel like what you need there is the title change. Your 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 Good Morning Miss Bliss becomes Saved by the Bell. Yep. Your Valerie's family becomes like the. Hogan oh my God! Family. You just mentioned yeah. that. <laughs> just, I'm the only person. You're the okay because you listen to Ken Reed, who's a, a comic, and he yeah, has the TV Guidance yeah, Counselor podcast. He is. The only one who I thought, besides me, and apparently you guys remember this, uh, Valerie Harper from yeah. Mary Tyler. The show Morris. was called Valerie. Yeah, Valerie. And, he, and then she quit, and it's called Valerie's Family. Oh, Didn't, and then and the then Hogan, Hogan Family. family. Right. Well, here's the story times, because then yeah. it was a, it was a big hit on NBC back in 1986. It was uh, produced by Miller Boyette, who did Full House. It was the first real family show of the late 80s, and it was produced by the same studio, Larimar Telepictures who uh, produced Thundercats and, and all the, the Rankin-Bass cartoons of later years, but uh, they produced uh, Valerie on NBC, and it was a hit. Jason Bateman, years before Arrested Development, he was uh, Valerie Harper's son. And then in season two, uh, Jason Bateman started getting paid more than Valerie Harper, which was the um the 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 thing that she complained about because she she had really she she said that she was not going to return unless they stopped paying her son uh more her tv son more than than her which you know i agree with and then they brought her back for three episodes and i think brandon tartikoff who was head of nbc at the time who later appeared in the the there's no hope with dope uh, oh wow uh he he was the real life exec and and they just said we're replacing you with Sandy Duncan, and and then there was that episode where she, where she died in uh, in the fire, or they had a big fire, and then um, Jason Bateman found a picture of his dead mother who had just died in like a car crash or something, and it, like like in the the beginning of the third season when they changed it to Valerie's family, it was just that's just awful. Like again, the eighties were horrible. They had a they had a way of of handling. Yeah, there's kids. Always, it there's, was just really dark and sinister, and all, all, all of these shows have like thrown together families. Like, like there was always like a death somewhere in the past. The um, the Full House, the car crash. Yeah, yeah. Well, the mom in Full House died, but they never really talked about her until season eight. Did they eventually like yeah, address the, it? Yeah, because she was killed by a drunk driver, and then when Kimmy got drunk in in that uh, final season, but uh, or like uh, Punky Brewster's friend in. Um, 
you know, the whole Prunky Brewster kids, like, she was abandoned. Yeah, and she was. Wasn't it in, like, a grocery store parking lot yeah. or something like that? Like, it was really disturbing. Or my two dads. Your mom's dad, and she was a hooker. She was killed work, uh, you know, working working as if she was a sex worker, and she was murdered by one of her clients. Yeah, and that's, and I, I guess. I had no idea that was the Oh, yeah, no, it was wow. really, I think that's what it was. But, yeah, the 80s had an interesting way of dealing with these issues. It's and, like, well, we, like divorce isn't family friendly. No, we need to write a terrible death somewhere into the backstory of this do, show. Do they ever address that on the Brady Bunch? Like I feel like it was never mentioned. Maybe I'm not remembering. Or they would just reruns, never mention like, it. There's one. other parents. There's so. one early episode where one of the kids says like, "Was like, well, we used to love me even though I'm a step." And like, I don't know if it's Carol or Mike says the only steps in this house are the ones that, that <laughs> going up to that, your that, that mom tells you not to play ball yeah, in the house yeah. next to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cousin uh, yeah, like, what happened to their, you know, respective parents? Uh, I think according to The Onion, Cousin of Oliver is now part of the Trump administration. <laughs> what? I, I thought he was a punk rock musician, Robbie Riss. No, no, like, it was it was The Onion. Was oh, it was The show. Onion. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I might have glossed over that. Fact. Oh, no. You know, I can't I can't tell The Onion apart from actual news. Yeah, we're you, getting what, there. Yeah, we are. But, all right, thank you so much, Dave Duncan Burr from 92.5 The River, Boston's independent radio. Thanks, Dave and Dave. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. The uh, Dave's you know, right here great, on the Frosted great side. Great calls on those. Like, this uh, this cereal's going into my uh, regular repertoire now, I think. All right. All right. Duncan from the river. Thank you. Thank you.